0: And you guys do such an awesome, awesome job. And this last week, we had a midweek service, which some of you know about because you were there. We, we rarely ever have, we have a lot of small groups and a, what we would call a lot of meetings, just stuff happening, things to be a part of, things to do. But really, this last week, Thursday was such a special moment because we never get a midweek service. And it's not just a prayer meeting. We had a time of worship together. This, this Thursday will be... I think even better, uh, some some of you guys took a little while to find it. It's kind of hidden. Uh, Church of the Harvest, a great big thank you to the, to everybody who's a part of Church of the Harvest and Pastor Margaret for letting us meet there on Thursday night for, for these few weeks. So that we can have a strong 21 days of prayer and our service times are just, I, I feel like they're going to get better and deeper and stronger each week as you guys uh, more and more people make it there. So I want to encourage you, if you haven't even considered going to the prayer service, just come. It's not your your grandma's prayer meeting. It's not your mom's prayer meeting. It's not your kid's prayer meeting. It's our prayer service, and we're, we're going to worship together. We're going to lean into the presence of God. Of course, there's a little short time of teaching, but then we just pray. It's corporate prayer, and uh, I'll promise you this, that you won't be uh, you won't be bored. Some of you think, I don't wanna to go to a prayer service prayer meeting. It's just I don't want to sit there and i that's not really my thing. Listen, you will not be bored. We have stuff to give you, stuff for you to pray over lists and and programs and and uh, it's it is one of those things that we want to do everything in our hands, everything possible to make prayer engaging, to make leaning into God's presence for these twenty one days as easy and as strong as possible for the whole church, because I believe that's what brings breakthrough. We're looking for, somebody said, why are you doing 21 days of prayer in August? Listen, I believe that just like in the natural, there is a spiritual season of harvest, and that is, uh, for us, I think that that's the fall. Even if we're in the middle of shutdown like we were last year, there is always seasons, regardless of where you are, there are seasons of planting and seasons of reaping. So 21 days of prayer is like tilling the soil and preparing uh, Watering and, and getting everything in order so that we can reap the greatest harvest Possible to see as many souls coming into the kingdom of his god kingdom of god and see as many lives changed As possible as we go through september october november That's really what we're believing for to for for god to let us hear his voice in a strong way So we can be right where he wants us to be and I want that for you, too so with that said Uh, Vibrant prayer service and and times of prayers especially in uh, in the mornings I encourage you to be a part of those things and don't forget you can wear your pray first bracelet to remind you You can get these right outside the door and uh, if you're like me you can wear it all year long Just pick one up and uh, make sure That that you are reminding yourself to stay right where you need to be today Today we start a brand new series. We'll just be here for a couple weeks because if you hadn't noticed, the 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 series starting in the very last week of August is At the Movies. Yeah. So we're going to have a good time with that. Really, if you don't know why we do At the Movies, it's the same reason we do 21 Days of Prayer, even though it's just a different strategy. It's a different method. I believe that we are fishers of men. And so At the Movies, as fun as it is, we're going to have Coke and popcorn and candy and it's going to be so much fun. It's always fun. We get creative and try to figure out how to bring you the, the most engaging, the, the coolest moments, really, of the year a lot of times are at the movies. And so not only will it be fun, but I hope that it's a time where you can invite your friends, invite your family, invite someone who would never come to church, someone who doesn't go to church anywhere. I don't, we're, we're not trying to just p- pull people from other churches because they go to their own church. I'm looking for people who maybe have never been to church. Although that seems impossible, I've met so many people who don't attend church, have not not ever attended church, and it's just not their thing, but it should be their thing because God should be our thing. We should be plugged in to God, and and He wants that for us, and if at the movies gets that to happen, I would love for us to all just join together and push and, and see that harvest come to pass. So today, leading us there and leading us through 21 days of prayer is, I think, probably a uh, one of the greatest needs in our hearts right now as believers as non-believers as people who need to hear from god as people who are hurting in a hurting land i think this is uh the the, this idea of choosing joy it feels like well i just don't feel joy I i don't i'm not experiencing joy right now pastor sean that's really the point that's the point of this message and i want us to start probably in an unlikely place and an unlikely message in the Old Testament. We're going to look in the prophetic books in Isaiah. And I want us to start there. This uh, this passage that we're going to read, not only was it written uh, hundreds of years before Jesus was born, but it was a prophecy about Jesus. And in this prophecy, like so many other past, hundreds of passages throughout the Bible, we see four uh, four moments m- referenced that reference our spiritual journey and the things that God would love uh, us to do that he designed us to do that we were made to do and so you know them as know God find freedom discover purpose and make a difference I, I hope that by now if you've been around for a little while you've heard those over and over and over because that is my prayer for you and so not only do I want you to see those four steps in this passage but I also want when we arrive at it, you're going to see how choosing joy right in the middle of that is our choice. All of it's our choice. Every step that we take in faith, we have to make a decision to do it. We don't accidentally find ourselves getting saved or choosing to follow God or choosing joy or, listen, it's a, it's a conscious decision. So here we go. Let's start with Isaiah 61, 1 through 4. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news. Here we are, to proclaim good news. Go back, to proclaim good news to the poor. Really, I've highlighted that area right there, but proclaim good news to the poor. What's the good news? It's that God wants to know you, and that Jesus Christ has come, that you can be saved. You can have eternal life. That is the first step right there, that that's why Jesus would be born. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted and right here is where we move into that next step to proclaim the freedom to proclaim freedom for the captives sound familiar not only does he want us to know him he wants us to find freedom to be released from darkness for the prisoners to proclaim the year of the lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our god to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in zion And here we go, the third part, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes. Like we're exchanging our old identity for our new identity to discover our true purpose and why God put us here. And then here's where we jump right into choosing joy, the oil of joy instead of mourning. I don't know about you, but if I have a choice between joy and mourning, even though we find ourselves in mourning, I can go right back to joy and the garment of praise instead of the spirit of despair and if we look at the world across the world today i would say that the spirit of despair it describes us pretty well you turn on the news spirit of despair if you open up social media spirit of despair there's this despair and heaviness and th- there's an unknown future of what's going to happen who's going to do what, what's going to happen in politics, what's going to happen in the economy, what's going to happen in the world, what's going to happen in my family, with my job, with my kids, like just on down the line. It's easy to get caught in that spirit and be overwhelmed by the spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planning of the Lord for the displays of his favor. They will rebuild the ancient ruins. Here's where we jump right into that final step to not just know God, find freedom, discover purpose, but to use our lives to make a difference. They will rebuild the ancient ruins and restore the places long devastated. Like we're gonna, we're here for rebuilding and restoring and renewing. They will renew the ruined cities that have been devastated for generations. So you see, all four of those those steps, which really are foundational for what. For everything that we do at relate but right in the middle of that you see where it says the oil of joy instead of mourning and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair that's really why i want us to camp out there today i want us to think about what it means to move from mourning and despair right back over into joy and praise and how we do that i think this is the perfect time to talk about it i think it's a perfect time for us in 21 days of prayer because God gives us every tool that we need in order to activate that joy, in order to to, to choose and not just, not just, it's not always like a light switch, right? Because there is, part of it is feelings, part of it is our emotions, the wrestle that goes on, the grapple for, am I going to be able to stay there? I'm going to keep my mental acuity and be able to just keep focused on God. That's what 21 days of prayer is. So in the middle of 2020, 2021, who knows what 2022 looks like. It feels like we're uh, spinning our wheels and stuck if we could just move on. I remember back in uh, all October, November last year. And people were already talking about the new normal. And if we could get back to normal. Go back to our normal lives. And that seems like it was just yesterday, but how, how fast time flies and we're just kind of parked here. We're just kind of in this moment, but God says you don't have to be buried under that moment. You don't have to be choked by that moment, and it's not just natural. It's not just natural things happening around us. It's spiritual. He said the spirit of despair. So we're not wrestling with just flesh and blood. Keep that in mind. Are y'all with me? We are not... Just wrestling with flesh and blood, just wondering, well, what are, who's going to make a decision in 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 uh, Washington? Who's going to make a, a decision in in Austin or in the? Who's going to make a decision that's going to affect me? That's not that's not really what we're wrestling against. There are things happening in this world that you and I have to keep our eyes set on the things of the Spirit and God. We pray, God, change this moment. We can go into 21 days of prayer and just plead and cry and beg and, and call out for God to fix the world and to fix this problem, but over and over and over in the world and, and in the Bible, throughout history, God says, I want to change you. You're in this moment. You're in the middle of a pandemic. You're in the middle of a problem. You're in the middle of darkness, but I've given you a light. So can I just say for a moment, we can pray for the world. We're supposed to. We can pray for our leaders. We can pray for the economy. We can pray for the future. We can pray for the for our friends and family. But can we just take a moment in the middle of this 21 days of prayer and focus on God? What needs to change here? You don't always feel it. You don't always get to feel that choice. Well, I just choose joy. Now I'm happy. No, it doesn't. It doesn't exactly work that way. But if you will choose joy, and if you'll make that decision, choices lead and feelings follow. And you can set your, set your heart on the right things, and all your feelings will come along behind you, <laughs> but you have to lead the way. So uh, in the middle of even pandemic, we can find joy. In fact, this last week, I was driving through Louisiana and Mississippi, and I saw a billboard, and the billboard I saw, uh, I'm going to throw a picture up on the screen, it said, Pets, Spread love, not COVID-19, because the WHO has announced that that animals are not carriers of uh, of COVID. So that means that all of us, if you have your pets in quarantine, you can go ahead and release them. If you have your pets locked up, you can let them out, which means it's finally happened that the WHO, or who, let the dogs out. (laughs) If you're not there yet, then uh, that's why we need to choose joy. Here we go. That was... (laughs) it was terrible i know that's (laughs) y'all just like my kids i tell jokes and they're so they're they're amazing jokes and then when i tell them they're like uh uh. all right so let's let's go to corinthians but i want to talk about paul for a second so paul wrote so many things to us that in the middle of despair in the middle of the darkest times of life i think paul could could talk about despair and problems more than anybody else because really if you had known him you probably would have said no paul you go on i don't want to travel with you or no paul i'll, be, I'll come on behind you i'll meet you there because really paul always found himself in tough tough situations not only was he a church planner, but as he traveled he was shipwrecked multiple times uh, at one point he was even shipwrecked and found himself in the ocean and with no rescue and later he was able to find a deserted island upon which he tried to start a fire and a snake bit him. And later, we see Jesus almost dies from being beaten by the 39 lashes. Paul took the 39 lashes five different times. Over and over, Paul was dealing with some of the harshest issues of life, struggling to carry the gospel. He was imprisoned, but later he says, I was pressed, but not crushed. And so I want to look at a couple of things that he wrote, 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 10. He says, sorrowful yet always rejoicing, poor yet making many rich, having nothing and yet possessing everything. So if you notice, he says, this is what's happening, yet in the middle of that, I'm rejoicing, yet I can still, I'm making many rich and in the middle of having nothing like it's easy to look at, he says, I'm not going to look at the circumstances because the circumstances are there, yet I possess everything. So you have two choices today, just like Paul, to choose between the despair, the spirit of despair, and the, the, the looking at all the, all, all the circumstances and situations and deciding, am I going to just get caught in it, buried under it, choked by it, or am I going to choose joy? So the first thing I would challenge you to do is to pray first. Like the bracelet says, let's pray first. Let's lean into prayer so that we're reaching for God's voice so that we're reaching for prayer Prayer should be our first response and not our last resort prayer should be the thing that we go to first So when I wake up in the morning before I do all the other stuff, I'm praying before I get dressed I'm praying before I leave the house. I'm praying before we sit down to eat Although that one's like the that's what everybody does But what if we prayed before every what if we just approached God with everything that we're going to do? So I want us to look at this passage, which is probably one of the most incredible passages when it comes to to discovering joy and choosing joy. Here we go. Philippians chapter 4, verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord. How? How often? Rejoice in the Lord always. And he says, I will say it again. So he says it twice. In fact, the word rejoice means to have joy again and again. Let your gentleness be evident to all the Lord is near. So this passage, better than any other passage in the Bible that I've found, connects two things, and that's joy and prayer. Because the very next thing that we read in this passage is that we should pray. And so I'm going to show you five things that happen when we pray. Because in the middle of 21 days of prayer, the obvious byproduct, the thing that should happen in the middle of it, when we pray, we should, we should find joy. And I'm going to show you why. The five things uh, be- that will help you to go from the spirit of despair, from the heaviness, from depression, from the overwhelming feelings of like, what is going on here? So let's look at the first thing that happens when we pray. Number one, prayer replaces what? Worry. Prayer replaces worry. The old English word for worry is actually in reference to strangling. That's why worry and ring. Kind of have the same sound because they have the same root word in the old English, and they're referring to strangling and 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 wringing of the neck. And that's what it feels like whenever we're we're worrying. It's like we're being choked by something. It's like it's just over and over. It's taking our breath and it's it's slowly wearing us down. But Paul references that exact thing when he says, do not be anxious about anything. Don't be anxious about anything. It's because it takes us out of this moment that we're living in, and it's almost like we're thinking about the future. We're thinking about this thing that's looming out there, and worry, someone once said that worry borrows from the future. It's like we have, we should let the future worry about the future. We're worrying about something. Watch this, if you worry about something, and it doesn't happen, then Why would you have worried about it in the first place? But if you worry about it and it does happen, then you've worried about it twice. (laughs) We're piling on our own despair. Pastor Stephen Furtick said, don't waste today's energy fighting tomorrow's battles. Maybe it's trying to pay that next bill ignoring this month's bill that's almost like what happens in our minds it's like we're so focused on what's coming that it makes us lose the battle right in front of us perpetual fear of tomorrow's unknown battle perpetual fear of like what's coming how am i going to deal with that and we're losing today's energy it's sapping us it's draining us so paul goes on he says don't fret or worry instead of worrying what Y'all got to get with me. We're in the middle of 21 days of prayer. and We're not just talking. About, I'm, this is not a message where I say, hey, everybody, be happy. <laughs> Don't worry. Just be happy. No, this is the message that says when we pray, we're giving our worry to God, and we're not, we're not letting it choke us out. And joy comes from that. Let petitions and praises shape your worries into prayers, letting God know your concerns so when we give god our prayer when we give god our worries joy comes back to us therefore do not worry about tomorrow this is what jesus says for tomorrow will worry about itself each day has enough trouble of its own if you're like me i worry about my kids the church the state of things covid19 what's going to happen with 2022 what's going to happen with the church what's happening with individual families and so and so in the hospital so and so dealing with this all of those things, if we don't let God handle them, if we don't let, if we don't trust God to carry those issues, they will crush us. And what we worry about the most reveals where we trust God the least. Tomorrow morning, we'll have prayer together. What if we could start the week and just give God all of our problems? And we can stop the choking. We can stop the ringing. We can stop all of the despair that's crushing us. We could just say, hey God, I'm gonna let you handle this. And walk around for the rest of the week with joy. Number two, prayer relinquishes control. Right? So I don't have to be in control. God, I trust you with it. I'm gonna let you have it. But what happens with our worry is that it's almost like If I'm worrying then I got my hands on the controls if I'm worrying then I have control and I can uh, well I'm gonna do this and I'm what it, it makes me feel like my mind is turning so I still feel like I have control of something because if I was just to trust God and stop worrying about it it's almost like I'm just giving up that's not giving up that's letting that is putting our trust in God that's like walking around all day and saying well I gotta walk and I gotta stand because I don't trust the chair to sit down in it. But if I sit down, is sitting down in the chair any weaker? It's a it's, it's it is a form of pride to say that no, only I can worry about this. So Paul goes on by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. So there's so many ways to do that. Our pray first books are a perfect example of how we approach God in prayer. How do we? How do we pray through different prayers? Maybe it's the prayer of tabernacles. Maybe it's the, uh, the prayer of the shepherd where we're praying through. Maybe it's the prayer that, uh, that Jesus gave the disciples, our Father who art in heaven. There are so many templates and examples and ways for us to structure our prayers. And a lot of times we just get bored because we've, mm, I don't know what else to pray. But if we'll, if we'll build a strategy and think about it and be intentional about our prayers. And I know this is a word that people don't like too much, but what if, we, what if we just got disciplined in our prayer life? What if we did wake up and go to prayer meeting? What if we did open up our Bibles and spend time in prayer, spend time reading, spend time leaning into God's purpose for us? Watch what happens in the next verse. And the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. I need that. I need God to God to, to, to guard my heart and my mind against the, the worry and the fear and the doubt. That's a clear proof whether you've trusted God with your problems or not. Do you have the peace of God? Can you sit back and breathe in and breathe out and say, I'm so glad I trusted God. I, I, you start to feel that joy, moving into your life, then you know you've trusted God. If you're still carrying all the weight, then you're not trusting God. If you're still carrying the burden and it's crushing you and you can't figure out, what am I going to do, God? Then where does that put us? That puts us, it should put us into recognizing I'm not trusting God. I don't have pe- the peace that he gives me that guards my heart and my mind. So here's the deal. It can't be God's problem and my problem at the same time. It's either my problem or it's his problem. First Peter five seven says it this way: You can throw the whole weight of your anxieties on him, for you are his personal concern. I can't tell you how often people come to me and say, "Pastor Sean, I don't want to bother you. I know you're busy, but I had a question." If you do that to me, I can't imagine what you do to God. Like God's not so busy that He doesn't care. He he says throw the whole weight of your anxiety on him give him the problem and trust him with it because when we do that he says if if you'll seek me with your whole heart if you'll lean not to your own understanding but trust if you'll trust the lord with all all of your ways he'll make everything that concerns us he'll make the 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 path ahead of us he'll make it straight he'll he'll make even our enemies to be at peace with us the the over and over and over scriptures give us this the idea and this example of how if we'll put it in his hands if we'll trust him if we'll if we'll walk in his righteousness then all these other things they'll get in order number 3 prayer regulates thinking let me just say this right in the middle of this we're only in 3 of 5 but you don't even have to know the five things to know that if I'll just pray if I'll just push into prayer then these things happen it's like planting a seed in the ground you know you've got some some you don't have to know how the seed works right you just have to know that i can put it in the ground and it'll grow you don't have to you don't have to know exactly what's going on inside the seed so we're we're, we're discussing through the five because i want you to take it to heart and i want you to commit yourself to pray i want you to commit yourself to choosing joy so here we go Prayer regulates thinking. So sometimes we walk in, walking through life, and it's like we're, there are waves all around us. It's like my, my mind and my thoughts are this way, now they're this way, and then I'm up, and then I'm down, and then I feel like I'm, I'm high, and then I feel like I'm low, and then I, I feel like I'm happy, and then I'm sad, and then the good news comes, then the bad news comes, and I feel battered by life. But what happens with prayer? When we're continually walking in prayer, it starts to regulate all of that. We go in scattered and we come out focused I can I can run to God in prayer just scattered and confused and then he starts to put it in order because everything that I hand off to him not my job anymore I'm gonna trust him to manage my life and give me direction and all of the the regulation that needs to happen when we go into prayer especially 21 days of prayer watch this you and I we have a lot of other contributing factors to that frantic beating that we're getting from life. If you think about all the other pollution that comes into us, if you think about the maybe it's social media, maybe it's television, maybe it's books or news or voices here, voices there, maybe it's friends that we listen to or the people that we work with or On and on and on goes all of the pollution. And you might be able to say, well, Pastor Sean, I just have an internal filter. And it just filters out all the bad stuff. So I can watch whatever I want. And I can listen to whatever I want. And I can eat whatever I want. And then just inside, I just filter it out. Can I just say this? That somewhere in you, there is a dirty, dirty filter. And it's still in you. Because that's not how it works. We put garbage in and it's in there. And then we try to pray and then we try to deal with the situations of life and we try to have joy and all this pollution what if you told what if i told you you know what i feel like my body is strong enough to filter anything i eat so i'm just going to eat all this toxic waste right that's insanity (laughs) but the same thing happens in life we just open up social media and here we go toxic waste it's toxic to us and we don't ever take a break I'm going to take a couple hours off social media and then boom, we're right back in. Maybe you need a little bit longer break. So even though we're not fasting and praying during 21 days of prayer together corporately, I would challenge you. There are some things that you need to take a break from so that we can get to a regulated prayer so that we can really connect with God. So when I'm talking about leaning in to God's presence and listening for God's voice, really what I'm saying is if we can push out all those other toxic voices the pollution that's just floating around in our minds deciding to close the door on some things philippians 4 and here we go to verse 8 he says finally brothers whatever is true whatever is noble he's drawing the distinction between the things that we allow to pollute ourselves he says whatever is right whatever is pure whatever is lovely whatever is admirable if anything is excellent or praiseworthy Think about such things. Those are the things that we need to be focused on. When we pray, what's happening is we're intentionally speaking words of faith and looking for God's voice. Prayer in itself is a filter to the rest of life saying, okay, everything else stops and I'm going I'm to spend time with God. And that time cleans us. It shuts off the radio. It shuts off all of the other, the news, every other channel that's trying to pollute us. I got to turn those things off so I can focus on God. And what does God say? God says, I'm not made for those things. God says that my life is meant for more. God's leading me somewhere. So when we're going to prayer, we're going to get our mind right. I can't tell you how often I've been so upset, and then I go into prayer service or go into a time of prayer. And God just settles me. I just feel like, all right, Holy Spirit, <laughs> we can conquer the world. We can Now we can take on anything. Da, da, bring it on, devil. When I walk in scattered and running with my tail between my legs, and then I spend time with God, and he begins to just help me to see, wait a second, <laughs> okay, okay, I've got, I, it gives me a higher perspective, right? Colossians 3.2 says, think about things of heaven, not the things of earth. When we're praying, we're, we're shifting, our, shifting gears in our, in our head and in our heart to the things of heaven, to the things of the Spirit and not the things that are of the world, not the temporal things. So take a break from toxic things. Maybe right now you need to think about, okay, I'm going to fast one day, two days, five days. Next seven days, for the second week of 21 days of prayer, I'm not going to do this thing. What is that for you? What would get you closer to God in this time? C.S. Lewis said this, aim at heaven, and you'll get earth thrown in. Aim at earth, and you'll get neither. So tomorrow morning, let's pray together. Let's let's have a focal point to start the day off in prayer. We'll, we'll be streaming prayer service, and then on Thursday night at 7 p.m., I hope everybody in this room shows up. I hope everybody watching online that you'll come and join us at Church of the Harvest just north of Rayford. We have a place for just a a few days where we can come together and we can pray together and have a time of worship. Number four, prayer reveals contentment. There's something happens in that moment. It's almost as if time stops. And all the barrage of attacks, when we're standing under the shelter of that moment between us and God, and we transfer our worry to Him, and and the Holy Spirit starts to bring peace and joy into us, it's like this moment where we step back from the small picture, and we start to see a bigger picture, right? It, it helps us to realize I only need God because God's the one that can solve all these issues. God's the one that can make me strong enough to walk through it. Even if it's an impossible situation, it becomes possible with God. So I don't need anything else. I just need God. Have you ever looked back at your life and then cringed because you were so worried about something that was nothing? That happens as we grow up. Just naturally, when we're kids, we grow up and think, why was I such an idiot? When I was like 21 or two years old, I remember that I was so focused on, uh, like, I loved my truck. I still love my truck. I love my truck so much I always wanted to fix it or or work on it or put new stuff on it. One day I just got this. I was fixated on this idea. I'm going to get a train horn, and I'm going to mount it on there, and I'm going to scare people as I drive around, and people get in front of me. I'm just going to blast them off the road with my train horn. But now I look back and think, wow, <laughs> that was so important to me. The things that we think are so important. I'm telling you, like when I when my son Jake was born, it puts us into a perspective that there are, there are moments in life where at that moment everything before that moment seems less so less important. When we step into God's presence and we start to interact with the God of the universe, it's like everything else sits down the bible says every knee will bow before him and if i'm going to the king of kings and the lord of lords with my problems my problems have to bow down it's easy to walk away from prayer with a changed perspective and realizing that hey i can do this it brings a different kind of contentment Prayer doesn't bring God down to us. And so often it's almost like we want to pray so hard that God will move. I grew up thinking that. God, if you'll just move. <laughs> what I, If I'll just pray and fast long enough, God will move. But truly what happens is when we pray and we fast, what we're doing is we're going up to God. We're moving to a higher level, to a higher perspective that we are reaching up into his ways and into his thoughts. And that makes us stronger. And we're getting more of his Holy Spirit, becoming more like him, getting more of the mind of Christ. And now we're able to take on the world. We're able to take on the enemy. We're able to take on the future. And I can stand right where I am knowing I got everything I need. Philippians goes on. Paul says, I know what it, I know what it is. To be in need, I know what it is to have plenty. I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. So when I'm praying and when I'm connecting to God, when I'm spending time in his presence, it not only changes my perspective, but it helps me to realize, hey, he's got it all in his hands. You sing the song when you were a kid, he's got the whole world in his hands, and yet, As adults we grow up and we've got the whole world in our hands you just need to hand it back to him Psalm 23 says the Lord is my shepherd I have all I need I shall not want he's not just saying that because it happens to be the case where where he is right then and there no he's saying because the Lord is my shepherd I have everything I need So write this down. I will not trust in riches, but in him who richly provides. We could just as easily say this message is not about joy. It's about trust. It is about joy. It is about trust. It's about faith. It's about prayer. It's about about the connection between when we pray, what starts happening in us. And finally, number five, and I'll close with this one. Prayer relies on God. God. This is that moment where we realize that God's there. I trust God, but am I trusting actively in this moment? Is it a verb or is it just something that I understand that people do? Are you actually trusting God right now? What is the thing that you're actively trusting God for? Paul says in the next verse, I can do everything through him who gives me strength. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. What do you need God's strength for right now and what are you holding back saying no, 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 I got this God. What in 21 days of prayer can we press into prayer and say I'm going to give this to God. I think for me I grew up just thinking prayer was a checklist and some it was like studying almost. It was like, I don't want to go to school. I don't want to study my books. I don't, want to, I don't want to do this academic thing, but prayer is not an academic thing. Prayer is a relationship. Prayer is a friendship. Prayer is a give and a take where we're connecting to God. And in that, in that intimate, holy moment, in that sacred moment where you open up your heart to God and start to talk and use your faith to speak to the God Almighty, in that moment, things start happening. He starts bringing peace to us. The Holy Spirit starts to move. We get stronger, we get a higher perspective. We start thinking that I can be content in this. I know God's got me. I know the future is settled. He goes on to say, and my God will meet all your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. Not according to mine. Stop thinking that you have to have all the resource and all, well, God I can't pay my bill. God, I, I don't know how this is going to work because it just doesn't add up. If it's according to his riches and his glory, it does absolutely add up. Proverbs 16 and 20, and then we're going to close. Those who trust The Lord will what? They will be joyful. Joy is a choice, and trust is a choice. And you have to decide today, am I going to trust God? Am I going to choose joy, or am I going going to let the spirit of despair, the spirit of heaviness, this depression, am I going to let that just roll over me like the tide coming in? Because the tide comes in and the tide goes out. You can be left under it and left in it and caught up in it, or you can say, okay, God, I'm going to give it to you. The last thing, write this down. Prayer doesn't move God toward us. Prayer moves us towards God. God wants us to move toward him. God wants us to be near him. And while if we'll draw near to God, he will draw near to us. So in prayer this week, we're taking a step closer to God. Tomorrow morning, 6 a.m., God, we're coming closer. We're going to get as close, we're going to keep marching step by step by step. As close as we can get to God this week, we're going to get there. Because in the next season of my life, in the next season of your life, in the next season of the church, I believe God wants to do incredible things. But we need to be close to Him to hear it. We need to be able to hear our marching orders. We need to be able to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. And that means we got to get rid of the pollution all the other toxic things that are floating around in our minds and our hearts, the worry that is wringing our necks. God, I trust you. So today, if you're struggling with, maybe it's that spirit of despair or heaviness, depression, feel like you're hopeless. Maybe you're at home and you feel like you're hopeless. I wanna pray for you and I want us to just lean into God. Just get a little bit closer to God this week. Let me pray for you. Dear God, today, in in these 21 days of prayer, as we move closer and closer and closer to you, God, I thank you that you are also drawing near to us. So help us to every day focus our hearts, focus our attentions. Let us us be disciplined in our prayer time. Let us be disciplined in our prayer in our plans to get closer to you, that we'll be systematic in our approach to having a closer walk with you, God. Lord, we thank you that you are going to produce a mighty harvest of souls for your kingdom, that you would use us to reach this world, to bring transformation to hurting and to people who are hurting, to people who are far from you. And God, I thank you for every person who's struggling with hopelessness, and depression right now that as they draw near to you as they reach for you in prayer God that your holy spirit would just bring them peace that you would just bring them uh, near to you that they would feel that peace that the holy spirit brings and God that they would have the joy of the lord that replaces all of that worry in Jesus name Amen And before we leave if you're here today and you're feeling like, I just, I don't even know if God's in my life. If you feel like you're that one that's lost, maybe you're watching today. Maybe it's not even Sunday and you're, you're just watching this service. Maybe today is the day that God comes into your life and you're changed forever. You feel like you've been walking around broken. I've had many people tell me that I just feel like something's broken inside of me. If that's you, you just, you need God to bring healing. He said, the spirit of the Lord has anointed me. He said he wanted to bind up the brokenhearted. I I promise you today that God wants to step into your situation and into your life and into your heart. He wants to bind up the brokenhearted. He wants to let you exchange healing for that brokenness and joy for mourning. And if that's you today and you want to step out of the darkness and into the light, I want you to pray with me. Would you say these words with me, every head bowed, every eye closed? Would you just repeat these words? God today, I invite you into my life. Take my brokenness and make me whole. Take the morning and give me joy. God forgive me of my sin and make me new. Make me whole in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Let's put our hands together. I'm, I'm proud of you for saying that prayer. Those who are online, if you said that prayer, we're excited for you. Pastor Susan's going to come and just lead us right into worship as we get ready to close and give today. I'm so thankful that you're with us. I love you guys. I'll see you next week.
1: Amen. Thank you for that. Man, we know what prayer can do in our lives, right? But sometimes we have to hear it in a new way, in a new perspective, that prayer brings us closer to God. Amen. If you said that prayer today, we are rooting for you. We are praying for you. Um, Your journey starts today. And if you did, we want to make sure that we give you a gift right outside that door. And we just say welcome. Welcome into the family of God. Amen. Can we just say that to them? Welcome. Your journey starts today. That's so exciting. We're going to go into our time of giving. There are ways to give on the screen behind me. We will also have an usher right outside the door with a bucket. But we want you to know if you are a guest, no pressure. This is for our regular attenders. And this is how we, it's a form of worship for us. This is how we give back to the Lord. This is how we help our community. I'm going to invite you now to stand. We're going to close out with a little bit of worship. But I really want you all to just let that message, just let it sit on your heart as you worship and you sing today let this be a form of prayer amen our worship is prayer and we just learned prayer brings us closer to god amen so just enjoy this moment and let us sing. lord god we thank you so much we worship you let us draw closer to you amen